Welcome back to Desperation Point, session 22. Deuce deuce. That's the 2 2. I'm your game master, Daniel Fox. Here with mostly everybody. Uh, Kay may join us a little bit later tonight. Um, she's got some work stuff going on. Um, but uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks we'll have some, some more good news to share. We'll have um, Tim Coron, who played in Queen of Embers. He'll be returning. He will Yay. be fully vaccinated. My, Nick and I are now vaccinated um, as of last week. Tim will have his soon. And hopefully um, Adam and Mike get theirs as well. And we can all be shiny happy people playing in person again, which will be crazy awesome. Um, it's been over a year since we played in person. Mm -hmm. It's weird to think about. I haven't seen Adam in person for over a year. Yeah. Although we've talked almost every other day, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> For I've the past you, year, I've seen you more, but not in per more. Yeah, than ever never in person. person. Mm -hmm. But never in person. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen him more in person. Well, I guess the same amount of in person. I see him like every day. <laughs> you live, you live together. So, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't come out of his room much. No. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, um, despite the fact that Kay isn't here, and um, all these amazing things that are coming up, we're gonna play regardless. Hopefully, she'll be able to join us this evening. But. Um, I think it's probably best if we just kind of pick up where we left off. Um, before we do that, though, we need to do initiative. Ooh. All right. Everybody roll their initiative real quick, if you would, please. Now I'm going to get some stuff queued up here. Music, music. What did you guys roll? 16. What? <laughs> 15. Okay. And 16. Nice. Ah, yes. I am. Um, Queuing up the sound bar beneath the, the uh, table here. And normalize some sound. So we have Calvin at 16, Collinsworth at 15, and Osbert at 13. Nice. Okay, everybody grab a D6. Let's determine this coin pool. Four. Five. What'd you get, Adam? Six. Nice. So it's two for players, two for me, the GM, Game Master, MC, Berserker. Um, well, let's pick up, let, let's talk about last weekend. Or last week. Oh my gosh, it was last weekend. What happened last week on our last last game session, episode 21, or session 21? Uh, let's see. That was after the fight. So um, we went back and All right. <laughs> we decided that it was too much of a risk um, trying to go out on what could be a week to two, two week trip when um, the egg was so close to hatching. That's right. That's right. So um, while that was 
Still hatching. Um, let's nice see. Little staycation. Yeah, a little staycation. Uh, Calvin did a lot of research. In recovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I got rid of my injury and learned a couple spells. So new magics. New magics. Magic. I can fly and I can Throw use lasers. two sticks to point out water. Mm -hmm. And people. Yeah, so we went and checked on the egg every day. And the day finally came when it started to bust open. And much to our surprise, maybe a little joy, maybe a little terror, it's hard to say, a human baby. <laughs> yeah. A human-looking baby popped out of this egg that wasn't being kept warm. <laughs> It was room temperature. Um, and that was interesting. Um, and then we finally noticing, started noticing some little things about it, like uh, it had two sets of eyelids, one on the outside and one set on the inside that closed vertically instead of horizontally. And uh, yeah, so then the debate came about, okay, well, now we have a, baby and what are we going to do with it in order to keep you know moving along with our efforts here up north and that's when Oswald kept saying over and over it may look human but it is not human <laughs> someone so else want you took it to um the doctor at some point kind of interesting mm -hmm. picture yeah, we James uh, Kevin We took him down. We took it down to the doctor's practice. His practice, yes. His or actual laboratory, but uh, and then he did a. He called it his practice. <laughs> uh, he he did a examination. I guess is the best word. And uh, he said it was a human, uh, but it was actually he 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 found a manuscript with some pictures that kind of showed us what was going on specifically. This is a. A, a type of hybrid human monster thing called a uh, wood woes. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm not mispronouncing rose like I'm a toddler or something. This is it's W O S E, I assume. Um, yes. So uh, this is a this is a a human looking child that grows at an alarming late rate. So we can if if we leave the child and come back, there's a good chance that. It will be much bigger. A man grown, a woman grown. I believe at this point too, um, Collinsworth had given her, given it a name. Yes, yes, we gave her a name because uh, Collinsworth anthropomorphized it immediately, um, and so in traditional family values, we named her Charlotte Redding. Not Charlize, but Charlotte. Not mm -hmm. Kimberly with a C. <laughs> Simberly. Oh. <laughs> Not Kimberly with a C. Cumberly as in cucumber. <laughs> Cucumberly. Cucumberly. <laughs> that would be a funny name for a pet. I, I think that should that. probably be like, it's probably like a cartoon character's name, Cucumberly. Cucumberly. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, or cucumber Lee, as in like two words. The pickle yeah. will rise again. He um, sells cucumbers. Yeah. Uh, so the decision was made at that point to go find the nameless, mm-hmm. um, to strike out east. And I believe Calvin is the one who kind of led the way along with um, Abigail. What, what, what happened during that, that period? So we decided to try to see if there was any credence to uh, her story, to see if we could actually hunt down credence. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Literal credence. Uh, well, well, yeah, that's right, because if we remember, Abigail had mentioned that um, among the nameless, there was a, a man named Credence Redding. Right. And so uh, using my uh, newfound spell... Um, which allows me to like search for someone basically and know kind of what direction they are. Um, I was able to help with her help and my help figure out kind of where to go. And we will actually, I think uh, make some pretty good time on that. Uh, And so, yeah, we were able to get, I think it took us like seven or eight days to get there. Yeah. Yeah. About a week. So where do we go now? Where do we oh, go now? Where do we go now? Um, where do we go? I, 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 I don't know. We go to these caves. You came through a like a pine wood forest and then ended up in like a petrified wood. Mm-hmm. And the as night began to fall, you kept hearing this really strange... Like almost sounds like wind kind of howling through rock, and you discovered uh, a place, uh, a curious place, um, that um, as an Abigail she called the the Enigma of Hamilton Fault, or the Enigma. It was much too spoopy for everyone, so we yeah. <laughs> turned, <laughs> we turned away and, and camped elsewhere. Yeah, we so noped our way out of that. <clears throat> yeah. And as the fire was roaring, you heard sounds out in the wood. And I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Collinsworth and um, who went with Collinsworth? Wow, I can't believe I'm having a brink. Shug. I yeah, I kept thinking Kimball as in Detective John Kimball, because we're talking <laughs> about. Arnold Schwarzenegger. 22 yeah. seconds in, we but still don't know the idiot. character's name. I know. Names. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Keegan, Keegan Shug was with you. Um, you went out into the wood, kind of away from the fire. And what did you find out there, Collinsworth? Uh, we saw some of what we're assuming to be the nameless up on top of the hill. I'm pretty sure we stopped after that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was, uh, you noticed them, but they hadn't noticed you yet. Yeah. I mean, they could have been up a, a high hill or perhaps they were just hanging out up on the cliff. Yeah. As one does in the middle of the night. They call it lover's <laughs> leap. Well, either that or cliffhangers. <laughs> They're there to repel <laughs> at night. <laughs> It's like an extreme sport for the name. <laughs> we got pythons. We got we got rope. We got crampons. 
We got these here elk horns. Let's just repel yeah. down the enigma. Yeah, someone once tried to, you know, talk him out of it, but they said, don't cramp on my style. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cramp on. So what you're saying at this point is that since um, Kay is not here, we can, it's it's going to be pun night. Go ham. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ham or go home. That's right. It's going to be, yeah, that's right. Big pun. Um, so 50 reward points uh, for everybody. And... Um, I think we'll pick up right here uh, in the dark. And if I'm not mistaken, Collinsworth is a little spooked <laughs> last game session. Just that a little. fail. <laughs> yeah, a little spooked by the darkness. So back at the camp where Calvin and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Calvin and Osbert are, the fire is softly crackling. You're still kind of on edge, obviously, because the two of you were staying back here while Collinsworth and Kiggy went to go explore out in the darkness. And you can f- see faint shapes of where they're at in the wood. Um, they're probably, I think they're like 15 yards out or so. So they're kind of down amid these kind of half-petrified trees. Um, and you're kind of resting on this like broken bed of shale and rock with this tough shrubs that grow everywhere between it. And you're still close enough where you can hear the keening of the enigma. And um, Collinsworth, you turn and you can see uh, from your vantage point, only Collinsworth can see this, obviously, but there appears to be two very large people Mounted on the back of these nine-foot-tall elk, and you could you see them at first, like you see the the field of blue, like of the vault of night and its twinkling stars, and then this absence of light where these massive rack of antlers comes off the the elk, and one of the riders lifts a torch, and they're wearing a a heavy hood that would otherwise hide who they are. Um, and at this point, uh, Calvin, you and, um, Osbert and, um, excuse me, Abigail could have hear the tumbling of rock and you swiftly turn about on heel and you could see that just kind of looming over some few, about five yards out on top of this, like low cliff, you can, you can see the same sight. Um, Abigail kind of almost instantly whips around with her cell phone and looses an arrow before you can say anything. And the arrow strikes true, striking one of the nameless right in the chest. And you hear this kind of snapping clatter sound as the arrow just literally breaks in half when it strikes the nameless. And the nameless kind of, the, the nameless writer kind of like pulls back on the reins and um, clearly she has spooked them. And um, they drop the torch. You can hear the thundering of the hooves as they begin to storm away from your camp. As Abigail has unwittingly drawn them away. She knocks on their quick arrow and says, Fuck! She says, she kind of calls out. Huh? What's going on? Everyone I wasn't exactly sleeping, but I, I wasn't really paying attention. I'm waiting for Collinsworth to 
come back to the, the camp. Sure, Collinsworth and Keegan return a few moments later. Uh, kind of at this point, there, I'm assuming you're probably like hard of you know hard to breathe. I mean, you kind of ran all the way here quickly. Uh, sure. Uh, so yeah, we return. So what what's going on out there, brother? Well, I was about to do. I was about to say we come in peace. But uh, looks as if someone decided to take a shot. Uh, excuse me. Are Osbert, you a Marius? <laughs> uh, Osbert, if I were you, I would have waited to give that order. Uh, well, Abigail just loosed the arrow. She didn't. She didn't ask. <laughs> Must have. Just must have been spooked when she saw that torch light up in, in, in the darkness. Aye, second nature. You can't stay out here very long without being on the ready. Who did you see up? All, all we saw was a dark shadow up on the hill, she says. Uh, the Nameless. You just shot the Nameless. How do you know that's true? Well, they were riding elks. The Nameless aren't the only ones who ride elks in the north, she says. Well, there was two of them, and they were riding elks. There's a pregnant pause. Well, we don't know who they are. They took off running. Not much we can do about it now. I guess we'll just keep watch and finish the rest of the night. Try to get some rest. So, whose turn is it for watch? Well, who was our scout was Osbert. So, it looks like Osbert's up. Uh, the night continues, um, and the following day comes. Very quickly, in fact. Um, but given your, your encounter with whoever may have been out there, I'll need all of you to make a... Um, a challenging resolve test. Forty-nine success. Me Success. The fire. 16. The fire softly crackles. Two success. Until it is kind of a you all awaken to um impair into unhindered. Um. Well, not me, because I didn't sleep well that night. I didn't go to sleep, remember? Oh, that's right. Oh, you didn't. That's right. So right. when you wake up, the the fire is, is ash. And there's a light rain kind of falling overhead. Uh, if you didn't sleep, that's uh, seven. That's nine peril you suffered. <clears throat> the next day comes with a light summer thunderstorm a soft kind of not driving rain just kind of a soft rain and uh somewhere out in the uh pine wood forest or sorry in the petrified forest you can hear the, the rumbling of the the storm although you can't really see it in the sky it seems to be some ways off so we're just kind of like rumbling across the landscape and echoing here in in the woods wow so what shall we do now? Continue onwards. 
Calvin. Let's take a look-see where Credence is and head that direction. Uh, I would like to go and check that area, if I may. Osbert, we may see some sort of blood trail, or perhaps even they may have dropped something in haste. You, uh, Why not? You clamber up the, the cliffside to where you've seen them the night, night before. And um, although you find hoof prints up there, big hoof prints from elk um, that are not kind of filled with water, you do find the torch that they had dropped. The immediate thing you intuit is that it couldn't have been Picts because Picts can see in the dark. Is the arrow there? It is. I lean down and pick it up and take a look at it and see if it has like any blood on it. Is it shattered? Like Sure. Go ahead and roll uh, uh, well it's snapped in half Okay. Um, but go ahead and roll a warfare test. This oh, test nice. will be routine. Alright so this is a 61% chance to succeed. Flip to fail. And I rolled a 72. This is not a success. Yeah, not much you can really intuit about it, but uh, the, the the tip is still slightly intact. It's still intact, um, but the arrow just snapped in half as if it struck the rock itself. Hmm. I hold out the arrow. I don't know what to make of it. Maybe it hit, maybe it struck armor. Perhaps it usually doesn't happen when it strikes a, a you know flesh. <laughs> Uh, that isn't pre- this. That isn't necessarily a hunting arrow, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. I mean, hopefully, no blood was drawn, and I know a lot of people get really upset about that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, you want to join me in looking to see if there is a blood trail? Sure, I can help you out. It'll be an arduous survival test. It's been raining. I rolled a four for my assist die. Okay. Must be well equipped if they're wearing armor that could stop a, an arrow like that. Twenty-nine. A thirty-two won't do it. Shucks. I don't see anything. Oh, it's been raining. So, she may very well may have. I struck true. She says. No doubt. Right square in the chest. I think, at least. It was dark. Shadows were fleeting, I suppose. Maybe I did hit the cliff. Well, Osbert shrugs. And, she says, as she brings the arrow to Collinsworth, this is a bodkitus for hunting men and animals. All right, well... I'll bust out the good old spell to see if we can uh, track the whereabouts of Reedens. Cross, stri- cross, the, cross the sticks. You old mm-hmm. GPS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whose name will you encant? Um, Creedence Redding. Okay. You it's bring- CPS. It's Calvin Positioning System. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Uh, Reading, yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll a standard 
incantation. Right. You want to risk any backlash on this? Nah, it's okay. I got a 69. I rolled a 98. Uh, Oof. Oof. You bring the sticks together, and it's like kind of trying, it's almost like bringing, if you can imagine bringing two magnets of the same polarity together, like this, normally they would just like stick together like two opposite magnets. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, you can feel the, you can feel the power reverberation between them. They're not sticking either. Try again. Sure. Let's try it again. Challenging. All right. It's going to be a 59. That's a 47 success. Nice. They kind of stick together like two magnets. It's two, you would, they're hazelwood sticks, right? Yeah, they're which hazel sticks, I believe. Which hazel, yeah. You bring them together and you kind of get a good feel for what direction Credence would be. And it's kind of pulling you back toward the Enigma. Mm. Well, that's our heading. As I, you, know, you can visibly see that the sticks point towards the Enigma. Well, shall we? Lead, a, lead on. We shall. Following that direction, you grow closer and closer to the to the Enigma. In broad daylight now. And you can hear the strange whistling coming from the stone as you begin your approach. It's this big brown cliff um, with all these strange human sized carved shapes instead of. Imagine, like, um, like in, like, uh, I think it's in Central America. They have those strange homes that are carved into the stone. Like, it looks a little bit like that. They're like human, human-sized holes, hand-carved, hand and you can hear the echoes coming from within. But your magic is not taking you directly to it. It's actually taking you up the cliff. Okay. Let's uh, try to follow that path. So as you look around, the cliff looks large and unassailable from where you're at. You would either have to trek pretty far out into the into the petrified wood to find a way up, or mm. you're going to have to climb. Huh. Well, we can trek around or climb. I'm game for climbing. But, Osbert, yes. what do you think? Let's climb. All right. I have no problem with this. You look up the side of the cliff, and um, it's a good 50 feet up. So what's Just that? don't fall. 18 yards or so. Um, <clears throat> it's not like a sheer cliff by any means, but it's a pretty steep escarpment that you have to kind of clamber up, which will take, which will take a, a bit of ruggedness from all of you as you uh, begin your ascent up this very kind of steep kind of cliff, winding your way up, sometimes crawling on hands and knees and clinging between the stones and grabbing onto uh, tough roots of these bushes that grow here and there uh, that you'd seen at the foot of this of this cliffside. And it is wet, um, so I'm going to need everybody to make a an an easy fail forward athletics test. Everyone, take your time. 
Make sure your handholds are secure before heading up of the rock, and I'll take up the rear. Okay, so I guess we're taking our time. Sure. Uh, go ahead and add an assist die for taking your time. What was the check again? Sorry. Uh, easy fail forward athletics test. Athletics, okay. Uh-huh. 80. Here we roll. Success. Success. Fast. Okay. You take your time, and by the time you get to the very, very tippity top, um, remind me, Calvin, does your spell require concentration? It does. Okay, yeah, I think... Probably this is it's you probably break concentration to do what you're doing, just to be clear. That um, makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I mean climbing, holding two sticks together. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> let's be fair. Um. So sorry, I sent myself a quick note here to remind myself about concentration. Um. So yeah, as you flying get... also requires concentration. That's why I can't fly and do that at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you could have flown up the mountain and. <laughs> Fly. He, he offered to teach us all how to do it. That's yeah. Right. Um, so as you get to the top of the cliff, um, it's a it's a heck of a climb. You're all covered in mud and water by the time you get to the top because the water and the mud just kind of trickling off the side of the, the cliff side. It takes you about a good thirty minutes to get to the top. And from here, it's almost like there is a dead stop, like where the petrified wood is it kind of opens into this dark realm of pinewood trees that stretch as far as the eye can see into this deep valley that's ringed maybe probably 20 miles out by this really sharp mountainside that almost almost looks like this whole forest is kind of contained in this large valley that's a half bowl and that the uh the trees are kind of where the, the mountains rise up almost like a broken crown um and this must without a doubt this must be the sentinel pine what do you mean was talking about what do you mean by half bowl well it kind of like opens up and drops down it's almost like it's, it's surrounded almost completely oh, by okay. mountains i see and in the in the middle in that valley the, it's a very deep long miles wide valley of tall black pinewood trees and they're tall and soaring so imagine like in the north like in the northwest of the united states those really tall pine trees that go like 100 feet or higher with the with the with the shaggy brown bark um and they're obviously deciduous there's always like big sweeping pine needles and stuff on it it's like this big pinewood forest and not a single petrified tree to be seen in sight as you turn about toward the enigma, you can literally see the, the almost the entirety of the um, the entirety of the petrified forest surrounding the enigma, like it was like some sort of strange contagion that extended out from where the, the enigma is. But as you look back to the west, you can see this fat mountain valley uh, that must be the sentinel pine that uh, Abigail spoke of, and she nods and says, "This is where." This is where the nameless stay. I have not been in this forest before, though, she says. But 
they'll be in there for sure. You can see a gray storm kind of hanging low over the valley. <laughs> Looks to be a, going to be a soggy day. <laughs> We've had our fair share when we were traveling through Ravenia, right? Oh, yeah. I don't even think it stopped raining there. <laughs> well, we best get down this cliff. I don't I don't want to try to be headed downhill while it's raining. Or up mm. for that matter. Yes, it'll lead you down a slippery slope. <laughs> or underhill. Mm-hmm. You um began kind of skirting your way around the edge of this valley until you find sure footing. Um, but you're not really seeing any trails or anything like that, and you're kind of wandering blind at this point, not really sure what direction to go. Um, try as you might, there are no trails to be found here. Hmm. Well, I can always bring out the sticks again. Yeah, I think we you'll have to. If we can't follow our eyes, we follow our hearts. That's a writing way. Or magic, you know. Standard test. Standard. All right. 69%. I rolled a 99 critical failure. Let's look up what that critical <laughs> failure does. Oh, i got to bring up the... Hmm. What about chaos manifestation? No. Did not roll that? He didn't risk it. Backlash. Oh, I see. Or there's yeah. no chaos manifestations any longer. We're using um, peril. Like see. risk backlash. Ooh. Yeah. No more bleeding gums or milk turning sour in your pockets. Bad day. <laughs> I know, right? No, what are you no going to do? Like, What's the name of the spell again? Shame in the book, please. Let's get back to it. <clears throat> Witch Rod? Yeah, it's Witch Rod. Witch Rod? The basic tier. Alright, so there we go. Okay, critical failure. The branches split as you suffer 1d10 plus one damage. We do not suffer injuries due to it. Okay. So, you want to roll the d10 or me roll the d10? Uh, you can roll it. <clears throat> Alright, well, hopefully it's not another nine. Uh, no, it's an eight. So it's it's only um, yeah nine points of physical damage, which I believe moves me down. The damage threshold. Track. Yes. Okay. So I would now be lightly wounded. Yeah. The the witch rod snap. The only witch rod you had. Um, and you sincerely doubt that winter bloom grows anywhere around here, which is what witch rod is made from. You can certainly spend time in the forest trying to track some down, but witch bloom is is sorry, winter bloom mostly grows um near the Rukenval, from what you recall, Calvin. Hmm. It's something you could readily replace, say, if you were back in Stonehold uh, or Sundown Hill or Old Grahlstead, but um, you don't imagine that it grows wild around here. Well, it led us this far. See what uh, luck and fate have for the rest of it. Well, I suppose we could look for some form of tracks. I mean, they're elks. They have. Well, I don't know. The story said that the 
nameless don't leave tracks, right? Oh, especially with all these pine needles on, on the forest floor as I stamp my foot. <laughs> oh, if it had been as muddy, you would think that they would imprint even further into the ground. I don't know. You find that kind of as you're kind of wandering down into the pinewood forest, it's a sentinel pine, just to get a good feel for it. Like, there's not a lot of undergrowth here. The trees are so large and s with these swooping branches along the bottom that must be, I mean, in some cases, like 20 foot long branches and just rise toward the sky, these tall pine trees. Like, there's not really a lot of undergrowth here, which means the forest floor is pretty muddy. So shall we t take a gander? Sure. You, uh, so Collinsworth kind of, you begin, you all begin wandering around for a while, just trying to find tracks anywhere. Um, and this is probably going to take some time. Even if you do, find, even if there's a chance, there's probably a high chance to find that it's going to take time. Um, <clears throat> go ahead and roll a survival test. And I would like for um, Collinsworth, I'd like for you to roll one that is um, routine. And mm -hmm. then let me know your degrees of success. Okay. Can we assist him? I mean, I'll assist him if no one else will. Callan usually does in that case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Back so, off. Routine will make it 69. Yes, Calvin, help him. <laughs> Roll the two. 17. So 23, because it otherwise would have been a 73. Nice. So 23, 2 plus my perception bonus of 5, so 7. 7, okay. Uh, so I rolled on 2d10 plus 2, 17. So it's going to take you roughly 10 hours to find where these tracks are at, given the depth of this forest and having to kind of walk its edge to pick up the trail, which means that 10 hours in, I mean, it's, for you started, call it 8 o'clock that morning. So 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So about 6 o'clock in the afternoon in summer, you pick up the trail. And you make your way into the wood. And there's a little bit of rain falling, but fortunately the canopy for these tall pine trees keep you mostly dry. But the forest is really strange. Like, it seems it's not devoid of animals by any means, but it's like this ancient elder forest. Um, that has been untouched by the axes of civilization. There's not a single tree you've seen here that's been hewn down. There's certainly deadfall to be found in broken branches, but there's no remnants of anyone ever living in this forest untouched, like I said, by civilization itself. This place is incredibly remote. I mean, remote is not even an appropriate word for it. It is so far away from everything else and the only thing you've been able to really track down at this point Collinsworth um, is what at first was just hoof tracks but eventually you find a game trail that somebody has been hunting out here 
and those hoof tracks of the elk kind of pace along it. You know, even though it is six in the in the afternoon and the sun won't go down for another couple hours, um, you do it makes it kind of hard to see in here regardless, just because of the way that the sun sets in the west, the rise of the Horn Society, the mountains to the west that crowns this place, and the depths of, of which this pine wood forest grows. And eventually you find yourself so deep in the woods you're kind of moving through kind of a low marsh um or bog sorry not a marsh a bog so it's just kind of the peat grass that grows around here with the pine needles have created these kind of soft islands that are wet beneath foot and although you don't really see any open water so to speak it's just the whole ground is like really mushy like imagine like uh cornflakes left in like a bowl of milk like, like sucks at your feet. Yeah, it sucks a little bit at your feet. Right? Kind of, it's kind of like squishy. Sounds like someone taking off their armor, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you're following this this kind of this trail at this point. And it's very evident that um, these animals you've been following um are this this is an artificial trail this has been this is not just like elk wandering in the forest this is clearly like people who are born up on elk back and every once in a while maybe you'll even find like a boot print or something like that um it's very deep in and <clears throat> eventually um the path doesn't terminate but it kind of turns in like two directions one goes even deeper into the forest and the other path kind of breaks off and goes down toward these kind of rocky escarpments that open into this kind of slanted low valley uh, where you can see limestone other rock kind of here and there amid the wood and most curiously um, you can hear the distant what almost sounds like tinking of metal against stone down that other trail the other one goes deeper into the forest though so you kind of have a fork in the road should we go to science of civilization uh, sure yes i think so you uh begin to head deeper down that that fork away now you're still in the forest but down this kind of low slanted valley and you can see these kind of limestone outcroppings kind of rising amid the muck and the mud of the bog and um you take pause for a moment uh as you recognize that in one of the nearby trees they've built a wooden tower a lookout tower um that you can see somebody in but they can't seem to see you and maybe that's just because you're on foot But you can see a what? shape at the top of the tower. Oh, so we can't see who it is. Okay. No. It's obscured by the limbs and the trees. Well, we could walk out there with our hands up. Let's take cover behind some trees. Just in case something could go awry. But perhaps watch for a bit too. Sure. 
yeah, so let's let's take cover behind some trees and and wait a few wait a, a spell and see what becomes of it. All right, sounds like a sound plan to me. So the 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 lot of you kind of hunker behind this big thick redwood tree um, out here in the wood. Almost stands out like a sore thumb amid the other pine trees, but it's big enough to hide a lot of you. You kind of just kind of watch, and you can see somebody descend down the 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 tall. Um, wooden tower that they've constructed between trees and the first thing that you see um, as they emerge into onto what clearly is some sort of road like a very narrow road uh, more or less a muddy rut between the forest um, is this beaten black breastplate and it has this faded gold filigree kind of inset within it with a with a rampant lion and a rook from a chess piece. Who you all immediately recognize as the Black Knights of Landon. The military unit of Daunton, of House Dauntendorn. Well that's something I didn't expect. Indeed. I mean what would the Black Knights be doing way up here? I don't know. I'm, do you suppose it's safe? Just because it's the armor doesn't mean it's a Black Knight. I guess we that's true. We, they could have pulled know. it off its corpse. We, we've know, we know that from experience, I say, looking to Abigail. Hmm. She smiles. <laughs> Let's call out and see how they react. What did they feather you full of arrows? Well, we, we're behind cover right now, and uh, armed to the teeth. Everyone, ready your weapons, just in case. I pick up a rock. <laughs> Hello there. We come in peace if you do. <laughs> we come in peace. Um, v, the final battle. Uh, the, uh, the person in the 1980s awesome V-shaped coat, um, who's clearly a lizard person, steps out. Um, just kidding. Uh, the, the, the figure in the middle of the road with the beaten breastplate kind of turns around, and they kind of, and you realize that they're not armed, but you thought it was a stick in hand? They're actually armed with a really long rifle. Um, and the person begins kind of scanning the wood and immediately set and immediately runs toward the tower um, and begins to ascend the ladder. How high is this? 20 feet. 20 feet, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think you scared him. I'd be scared I, of you. I wait. I wait for them to climb the ladder and watch what happens okay a few moments pass ding 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 they're ringing a giant bell at the top of the tower ah the grand entrance <laughs> I think with what's coming 
our position would look worse if we continued to hide behind this tree. You hear this whoosh and right above on the other side of this tree, maybe 15 feet up, um, this arrow is stuck right in the tree and there's this long red tabard that kind of unfurls to mark where you're at. That must have came from that that must have came from that tower as they mark the tree where you're at. Taking no means to hit you because you're behind the tree, but you can see the arrow kind of as it does. The the it just the 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 canvas unrolls to the forest floor as to show where you're at. Hmm. I wonder if the word peace is different up here than it is down south. Perhaps Abigail? they don't understand us. I suppose we any uh, words of wisdom. I don't know what to make of this, she says. I suppose we should go back the way we came. You you, you rode with them for how long? It's, it must be pretty easy to hide in the forest. I didn't like come this. anywhere near their camps, she says. But you rode with them. How did you speak with them? What language? The same tongue we're using. Everdane. Yes, she says. They all spoke a smattering of everything, though. Dunnish, Pictish, Ald. One spoke I'm going to shout it. I'm going to shout out, uh, we've come to see Credence Redding. We are his kin. You hear someone come on and say, show yourselves! And like clearly an Aridane accent. All right. I'll drop the rock. (laughs) Hands in the air. I'll walk out. Okay. I'll walk out as well. As you all kind of bring yourselves into what would serve as the road, you see a collection of about 10 to 12 uh, of these forest protectors um, all bearing rifles. None of them wear black beaten breastplates by any means, but you see this mean kind of motley collection of people um, begin their approach. And uh, foremost among them is this very thin, small looking man with this close cropped hair that's kind of looks like he's been he's 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 been balding for some time uh with a kind of thin looking beard and this dark coal eye makeup beneath of his eyes and he's kind of walking up kind of slowly in a very kind of smarmy way with a smirk on his face and he says I think you have walked into the wrong place he says, his mouth full of gold. All of his teeth are gold. Hmm. Credence Redding is not among you? We must have been misled. Credence Redding isn't a name I have heard in a very long time. And I would inquire who would even bring his name before the doorstep of our place. Well, I am Calvin Redding. This is my brother, Collinsworth Redding. Hello. Please We're cousins. Credence. We were led to believe that uh, he was here by uh, this one. So I'll point out Abigail. He looks toward her. Is she not wanted by the Druids? (laughs) Well, that's not the business why we're here, but... uh, My people took you to Sundown Hill, little Abigail. And yet you come back here. I do not think it is on your own accord you had escaped. 
No, we form together like one chord. So if Credence Redding is not with you, we will be on our way. Yes. Fairly well. Have a wonderful day. Ta-ta. Just fun, Bendit, he says. <laughs> Step forward. Drop uh, whatever weapons you have taken or plundered from others. <laughs> okay. What, what I've plundered from others? Drop your weapons. Andal, he says. Oh, these were not plundered, but yes. I'll go ahead and drop my bow and yeah. dagger and whip. He makes kind of a, a whistling sound between his teeth with his tongue, and the others quickly collect around you and start to, to bond your hands together behind your back. Hmm. Peel this one away as he points toward Abigail. Take him down to the camp, the man says. Will you go willingly, or will you fight against them trying to to capture you? Hey, look at Osbert. Um, uh, up to this point, I, 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 I take it I would have you know, at least sized up the group to see how well equipped they were and how they kind of reacted to the words of their leader and such. Ah, we're a warfare test. <laughs> this test will be secret. All right. <laughs> All right. So my chance to succeed is 51. Flip to fail. And I rolled an 86. Will I keep it or re-roll? I'll keep it. They look woefully under-equipped. I think that Osbert is kind of curious about how this will play out and uh, if they're this under equipped I'm sure we could use our uh, smarts to get out of the situation so he'll, he'll just let it happen will you all follow Osbert's lead at that point sure What about Collinsworth? Collinsworth will do that. I mean, it says, mind you, bear, that we have a bear that I'm I was sure about to. The, the bear is probably not with us. No, the bear is with us. Okay. No. Yeah. I say, mind you, so long as you don't make any effort to harm me or that one, as I point to Calvin, this hey. bear will this bear will act like any dog. But I assure you, no matter how many people you have, if if you think you can get the better of this bear, at least two of you will die. A woman comes over to this man with the coal beneath his eyes and says, Dane. And she she says something uh, in a tongue. Didn't you speak Danish? No. I don't think so. No. She she says something Kimbolaish or something along those lines in Dunish to, to to this man who clearly you know now his name is Dane. 
he puts his ten, tongue between his teeth and hisses at her. And she nods and he nods and I don't think that your bear will be a problem. The woman with the uh, who who was in Dane's ear kind of rolls her sleeves up and she extends a hand out and places a hand over her heart. And as she does, Hobbs kind of whoomp drops to his hindquarters, kind of sitting still. And she raises her eyes once again, shaking her head. And Calvin, you get this kind of like tingling sensation in the back of your neck. That sounds like you, re- you, re- you recognize this magic. Oh yeah, nice. Might have to eventually learn it. Uh, so uh, you all kind of walk forward, and the bear kind of lumbers along, almost like in a weird stupor. But um, as you're taken, not call hostage, but you're captured at least, and you begin to go down into this encampment. And uh, oh boy, was Osbert wrong? Uh, because there's probably 50 people down here. Um, in various states of either uh, attending to this rock um, that they've kind of created these kind of wooden rivulets running with water and they're panning the rock as if they're panning for metal. Um, And you can see this kind of very small, this very, very small settlement kind of here in in the woods. I think I even have a little a little bit of music for it if I could if I could find it um, that is which I think I did this little camp in the middle of the woods and you're kind of looking around and you realize at this point like you were dead wrong Osbert and you're looking for something that would signify who these people are but there really isn't anything save for the fact that there must be ten elk that are just grazing in the forest at this point, just grazing along the the edge of of the civilization. And this man who you've come to know as Dane is kind of leading the way. And they're kind of leading you toward this kind of, what would be best described as kind of the the center of this little encampment um, where there's these roaring fires um, and a number of other people, uh, mostly grown men and women. Um, who appear to be of a various stripe and ethnicity. They don't seem to be Dunnish or Aradine or permanent or whatever. There's just a large number of them. And, and among them there is, uh, who clearly is like some sort of leader type, you would guess, is this fellow with like mostly gray hair and some shocks of red that still grow within it, long and unkempt. It kind of drops at his shoulders with this like short cropped beard. Um, and he has these large wide set eyes, this very kind of like simple look to him. But it's clear that the people of this camp like see him as some sort of leader. And he, he stand he stands up from a chair where he's kind of like talking with some other people. And he starts walking across the camp toward the lot of you. And he's, you realize he's wearing like scale mail. Um, and he's got this spear that he's not carrying, but instead an attendant who must be his child is carrying the spear. And you hear this kind of the sound of this black single horned black goat standing on a nearby rooftop, kind of almost calling out to him. 
And the man looks toward the gun and looks toward a lot of you and begins his slow approach. We don't often find people like you all around these parts, he says, in a very clear Aridane accent with a deep drawl. Well, I should hope not. You, you wouldn't find a thing of my, my stature every day. <laughs> as as Osbert straightens up, exposing his uh, the tails that uh, festoon his, his lapels. <laughs> Dane leans over to the man and says, A peacock knight. I've come to led to believe that uh, you came with Abigail. Seeking after Credence Redding. That's right. Yep. That's the right of it. Well, to some degree, I suppose you're in the right place. Why you come seeking after Credence? He's family. It's true. Mine and his. Your Reddings. Calvin and Collinsworth. I'm mm -hmm. Calvin. He's Collinsworth. That's Hobbs. You don't look like his boys, he says as he looks toward the two of you. Cousins. I'm sure he's had several children all over the world, but no. <laughs> we are his cousins. You're certainly not the look of him, he says. The boy brings over his spear and he kind of takes it and holds it in hand, almost like an old shepherd's crook. The uh, single-horned black goat joins him at his side. Who led you here, he says. A combination of myself and uh, Abigail. We heard some tink, tink, tinking out in the forest. Came to see what it was. If you made this far past the Sentinel Pines, it wasn't up on your own cognizance. So either you're traveling with Ambius Krim, or you've got some magics, he says. You all know Ambius Krim is like one of those renowned trackers in the north. Hmm. It'd be a common saying. Well, I don't see any Ambius Krim here. I mean, you do know how tracking works, right? I mean... You take me when... for a fool, he says as he steps forward. It took a good... Ten stones, ten, but we did eventually find Elk, Elk Prince. The Enigma protects this whole valley. You can't find it unless you know where to look for it. Tracker <laughs> or not, he steps forward again. But which one of you is a sorcerer? I mean, I got a little bit of talent in me. But I'm the big no. brains of the bunch. Enough to rub two sticks together and find something that I'm looking for? I taught old Calvin everything he knows. A man kind of looks toward you. <clears throat> you, sir, have the smell of... a liar. <laughs> he, kind of, he places his hand up on your shoulder and flips the, the bit of moss and says, And this... I take responsibility for everything my, my crew does. If you got a problem with Calvin, take it up with me. You listen to him? He inquires to Calvin, pointing at 
Osbert. Yeah, it was an agreement. He cares more about things. You got the magics, he says. Yeah, but I'm more of a down-to-earth person. Hmm. I do have my head up in the clouds as I... I mean, heck. Rush the pieces back. <laughs> it will nice. up to me. I'd be uh, spreading manure being a farmer rather than uh, traipsing about here. A little bit of myself in you, I suppose, he says. Used to be a farmer myself. Huh. Come walk with me, he says. All right. My hand's still tied behind my back. He, he points to Dane and he kind of moves his hand up like that and Dane comes behind you grabbing your wrist and he cuts loose the bonds. Well, thank you. Hope you don't mind. We're going to take your wizard for a walk. <laughs> Treat him gently. Look, he says, ain't nobody find us for a long time unless we want to be found. So if you're a Redden and you're here for your cousin, you say? Yep. I'm afraid you're a little bit too late. That's what I was afraid of. Oh, he ain't dead. Oh, no. He says, he shakes his head. No, no. He and the others went, uh, well, before we get into all that, name's Vernon. Oh, nice to meet you, Vernon. We all collected up here after all that whoozy what's it's down there in the south of the White Wolf. Hmm. After a dear friend passed away. And we found yes. our way here and been here for a while. And we've been done just enough to scare the locals about coming trying to find us. And Dane's woman here, she used her glamour to keep us safe. Well, to be fair, I didn't find you. I was trying to find my cousin. He nods. Well, you're just... Day laid a shilling short, unfortunately. Huh? Credence and, uh... Credence and Otrig left about a night or two ago. Huh. Well, you expect they'll be back anytime soon? Or should I we reckon, just leave a message? I reckon they will. I don't know. Be rightly truthful with you. Say these others that's in your party, them folk, are mm -hmm. they from Stonehold too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's go get. Let's go. Let's go him. Let's go chew the fat a little bit with them. All right. Following uh, Vernon, they head back and they will cut Collinsworth and they'll cut you loose. Mm -hmm. All right, now. Let's dispense with the the hellos and nice to meet you. How do you do? You know where you're at. Actually, we, know no now, we now know how you got here as he kind of points his thumb at Calvin. Tracking her nay. I was just telling Calvin here. Yeah, I'm Calvin. You just missed Credence and Otrig by a couple days. Well, shucks. 
Osmer snaps his finger. That's mm. good news, though. To hear from him that they're in good shape. Yeah. Certainly. So, I thought he was dead, but we were going to come find a gravesite. Them Reddings are tougher than they look. Ain't that right? Yeah. Uh. You're uh, his his brother, Collinsworth. I am, I I am his uh, older brother, but uh, you can't tell by looking at me. I've known Credence for a long time, and uh, neither one of you look anything like him. But I'm gonna take you at your word, unless that sorcerer over there is using his magics on me. <laughs> Wait, so let me see if I can set you at ease. Um, yeah, you see, he wrote letters often. Um, uh, when, when he, <laughs> I understand, but you're Vernon and you had that goat even back then, unless you have another goat just if it's like with one horn. Uh, you can't kill Peter. Well. I think he had, I think he called it another name like Eugene. But, uh, that one's Peter. Okay. Well, uh, he also wrote of, um, he wrote of, uh, his brother, Chauncey. Chauncey. Uh, he wrote, oh, uh, yeah. he wrote of Otrig. Um, he also wrote of a man, uh, by the name of Baldwinis Dottenthorn that he was with. He wrote of a, another man that seemed more of a liability than an asset, um, a Ulysses Coventry. I thought it was Ulysses Isis. <laughs> well, I mean... It Maybe that's because that I was, was still a... learning to read when he sent that letter. Did he ever write about me? Dane says. Dane the Scald, he says. Or my friend Stannis. Stannis. Don't sound like you rightly made the papers, Vernon says to <laughs> Dane the Skull. Well, I'm not sure about that, but you see, he had a very funny way of writing about things. He he chose to write about the silliest things, like um. Uh, he he seemed to focus an awful lot upon one time a man's head being completely removed from his shoulders by a Herman, gun. He says, "Herman's head by a gun." I didn't know they could do that. That's right. Um, and also uh, uh, about a uh, stampede of horses that snuck up on him. <laughs> I don't really so, remember that. I think I stayed out of the street that day. Well, that I mean, was, uh, back in, I was back with old Fingal Green John, that son of a bitch. Oh boy, that takes me back. Yes, um, we have, we have seen Ulysses, but I don't think we've really spoken to him much. He seemed rather dour and didn't didn't want to make much for conversation, so Well 
Um, he did say that you were the friendly type. Friendly? <laughs> I suppose that's one way of putting it. Well, unless you were crossed and then you were rather ornery. Um, he, he, he said, it, depending on the day, you could have been a friendly drunk or a mean drunk. Well, I wouldn't take any offense to what you're saying there and knowing that you know Cretus when you're his cousin and all, but I ain't gonna give you any more inches of rope lest you hang yourself. I'm just merely repeating what was written. All right, Redden boys, I get it, I get it. Your credence is cousins. All right, then. Okay. You hear it, this joker, this japester here, <clears throat> and you brought Abigail back, he says, which is curious, given that the druids are looking after her, or looking for her. They are. You know, the druids been watching her with birds and chipmunks and animals and bees <laughs> and everything else. Well, Did you know that? Why didn't they find her then? Sure they know we're here now. Well. I can't why didn't come... they come after us with something more substantial than a chipmunk then? Well, they can't cross the river. <laughs> Which well, river is that? River near Sundown Hill that joins up with joins up with Cauldron Lake. Why are they Hamasti? <laughs> Drew's got boundaries, don't you know that? No, I I, I don't We're really know much. Part. Yeah. Look, Otrig tell you far more than I could ever could about this whole thing, but Druids are territorial, you see. They get they some druids stay on one side of the river, some druids stay on the other. Hmm. There's druids over here, too. Well, a druid, I should say, but that's a whole other story. I ain't gonna go spinning no yarns yet, because we just met each other. But the least I can do is extend some hospitality for uh, for all the trouble you went through to get here. You must certainly love your cousin, because I don't know of any dummies that wander all the way out here and made it all the way to the Sentinel Pines alive. So there must be something special about you, save for this wizard here. You got lots of pluck, I suppose. Speaking a lot more than what you find anywhere down Sundown Hill and the people around Salamandra. Why don't you come on in? Let's let's talk. Come on in my longhouse. All right. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> you uh you find yourselves in this longhouse. Um Where there's this fire that's crackling. You're in there with Dane, as you know the man, Dane the Scald, as he's now as you now know him as, with the dark circles beneath of his eyes. You don't see his friend Stannis anywhere. And you're there, of course, with Vernon Stahl and a host of other people, and they're sharing drinks and you've broken bread at this point, you feel somewhat safe. Maybe Hobbs has wandered in here. You find that Hobbs is not the only animal that's wandering through this camp for this encampment either. Yes, Hobbs, come sit. I've missed you. <laughs> he plunges his muzzle in a big frothy cup of beer. <laughs> Comes out with a beer stash or a bear stash. Good boy. <laughs> You train them animals. 
spend a bit of time doing that myself. Yeah, I do. I find it's best it's best if you let them um, keep their personality. Well, you're here safe. Nobody's gonna harm you. That's for sure. You got my word. That's good. Enough so, for me. So let's sit down and let's uh let's cuss and discuss <laughs> a bit. Maybe y'all can tell a little bit more about yourselves besides who your blood lineage is and the fripperies you've earned. Well, we came up from the south aiming to take over Stonehold. Yeah, you and everybody else. Well, some say we'd be uh, fairly successful thus far. <laughs> That's what the quartermaster thought, too. <laughs> The old Green John, you say? <laughs> oh, well, not not that son of a bitch. No, the quartermaster in Stonehold. Miles Standish. Didn't last long up there. Nor did his cohort. A season or two did. Well, that wasn't that due to the effect of the White Wolf? That's what happened to us. That's right. Well, uh, he ain't around no more, is he? Standish oh. got his head plucked clean off by the white wolf. Fortunately, we had left Stonehold by that point. We left the sun downhill because we knew things were getting real bad. And that some bitch Fingal, well, he'd already taken old Grawlstead by then. Hmm. That's about the time that well, our dear friend Bobbinese met his end. It's a shame. Well, we knew we weren't long for Stonehold. We knew we weren't long for the North. So when war came, we just got out the goddamn way. It's the best thing to do when an army's moving towards you. We had the same idea. Go to Stonehold, make a new, make a new something for ourselves. I fell in with this lot of Eridane folk. Credence, Balmanese... Chauncey, this weird old, this weird old druid named Otrig. We came fast friends, and those those days were kind of behind. Well, most of that's behind us now, but you know, not not a day goes by. It's been twelve years since Baldwin's got killed by the Green John, and ain't a day that I don't think about it. Hmm. As for the lot of you in Stonehold, you must got big brass balls, knowing all you know about the North, and trying to do what you're doing. Yeah, we uh, brushed out the cobwebs, shooed away the ghosts, and took up camp there. We're no friends of the Green John. You certainly found yourselves at the company of public enemy number one up here, as he motions toward Abigail, who's drinking something with the other with the other people, the other nameless uh, here in the halls. Yes. Oh. Originally, we're not on the best of terms with her, but there was something about being forced into something that 
you didn't want to do that helped change my mind. What you mean by that? Well, the druids want to. They sure do. Mm-hmm. They won't come, they won't leave, but they won't cross the river. Well, that's fortunate for all of us. Well, don't be go putting the cart before the horse on that, because I don't think you know half the story yet. Well, I, I am all ears. Do tell. Well, the way Otri explains it, he says that them druids were these torques, and they can only stay within certain boundaries of the north. On one side is the, the Cavendishes, right? The people who want to restore the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. That's why they want that bastard-born daughter over there. Install her in place and restore Dunbrood to one kingdom. On the other side of the river here, well, they can't cross it themselves on foot, but they can send their chipmunks. Chipmunks, sparrows, and <laughs> bees, and whatever else. And when and when those fail, they send people. You get them wrapped up in some devilish deals. Hmm. All the same, on this side of the river, all the druids are dead save one. And that's a, a druid that Otrig simply calls Spite. I don't know half all of half all about any of that. The only thing I do know is only one druid I know who can pass between the rivers freely, and that's Otrig. He's a wizardly type like you, I suppose, Calvin. Hmm. And if he and the Cavendish druids, if the Cavendish druids can't cross the river, and Spite can't either, yet Otrig is, I think that speaks a bit might about his power, you see? So, What's yes. We have been able to stay safe here in Sentinel Pine for some time. Sorcery and whatnot, the Enigma, as Otrig called it, raised it out of the earth, earth himself. He simply stamped his feet and danced beneath the moonlight. And sure as rain, the following day, we saw that we saw that that stone rise out of the earth like some great stone pipe organ, and it's kept us safe here. Unseen, unheard, forgotten, he says even. But, as you well know how things turn out, nothing's always, nothing always stays stable. Things happen. Things pull you away from what you're wanting to do. Seeking a little peace in the middle of Sentinel Pine. You figure... Make camp beneath the Horn Society. Build rifles and armor like the like Balbanese taught us, and we'd stay safe, but that ain't the case. Who's after you, then? Well, as far as I hear, everyone should uh, steer clear of the nameless. Well, at least we know that uh, Dane here is effective in his whisperings. Yes, Very. Well, we spread far and wide the whole myth about all that junk and simple-minded as the Dunishar they take to it. <laughs> but we've got our own problems for sure. 
And uh, if you come looking for credence, well, he's off on some harebrained mission to go find his brother. Chauncey? Yeah, that dunderhead. Hm. I think it's a bit too late for Chauncey. Why you say that? Well, he was installed in a particular keep to preside over it. Um, yeah. And he passed away in the keep. That's all we really know. How you reckon you know that? Because it's what we heard. That's the news that we received. It's kind of why we all thought Credence might be dead up here, too. That and the fact that he stopped writing. I don't track with what Credence said. He said his brother started writing him out of the blue. Huh. So Are we sure it's his brother? Well, I don't read. But I trust Credence. Well... Credence thinks Chauncey's alive. Yeah, I could see why I'd go after him. Uh, yes. I'd, like how I'd go after my own brother. Uh, Credence like, a dummy, though. I mean, Credence wouldn't go, go off a wild goose chase. Kind of like how we'd go after our cousin. <laughs> I guess our uh, I guess our Reddings uh, have our faults. <laughs> no, I... I think that he felt true it was Chauncey. Well, I, for one, never attended any any funeral. Right. So hopefully they're false rumors. I'd be ha glad to be wrong. In fact, did, did Charlie ever say that he went to the funeral? He almost always goes to the family occasions. I mean, yeah, Char Uncle Charlie, he's a life of funerals. He scratches out. Rightly, no. No, no, no. I was asking Calvin. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask you. Of course, you no, wouldn't no, yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if there's a funeral, Charlie's going to be there. Whether it's his own or another Reddings. I can't remember if he said so or not. Last I heard about Chauncey is that right after all that hoo-ha went down in Stonehold, he and, his, he and Credence had a bit of a falling out. Chauncey went south to go fight some damn war for some half-wit brother of some other half-wit baron and then found himself in some mountain keep. That's the last we'd heard of it. That's a very... We heard, we heard a bit about him. We heard a bit, too, about him dying, and certainly enough, Credence certainly... Well, he mourned, but I suppose you could say maybe a month or so ago, he got a calling, and he felt pretty confident it was Chauncey, at least by the writing, I suppose. Mm. He did didn't realize you guys got words. mail here. <laughs> huh. By the way, I hope both of them return. Safely. Yep. But, um, 
Well, you said you had problems. I mean, you know Stonehold has problems. <laughs> it's always nice to have friends to share problems with. What, what ails you? Share the load, I suppose. Well, we thought Credence would be back by now. He said I'd be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. It's been a day. <laughs> he was only looking to go a few hours away. That's the first <laughs> bit. Ha hell, we have... Excuse me. Bless you. <laughs> we hell half thought a lot of you were coming to us to like demand some sort of ransom for credence. Hmm. When you all flapped your arms and said whatever you said is enough to spook Dane. I was not spooked, he says. <laughs> I was just being cautious. Vernon. Like I said, you had the scald spooked. <laughs> Well, but then Credence and Otrig were supposed to part ways and Otrig's a weird old coot. <laughs> God knows where he went at this point. Only Credence would know. And then there's the other situation that you've just brought to light to me. What other situation? Abigail? Ulysses is alive? Yeah, with the green, John. With Fingal? Yeah, we went to old Grahlstad and met with him. Well, met with the green, John, after doing a bit of... Well, we had just shown up. We were doing a little work just to get by. Mm -hmm. That's when we ran into Ulysses. That son of a bitch. Coventry and Balbanese were like they were like frosting and cake. Inseparable, the two of them. Ulysses is an old dour son of a bitch, and Balmany is reasonable, but the two of them were thick as thieves. I can't rightly imagine that Ulysses would align himself with Balmany's killer. <laughs> so. Unless he got something over him. That's perhaps. Maybe he's biding his time. Maybe he's a changed man. I don't know. We hardly met the guy. Didn't show it, very many words at all. Am I mistaken in thinking that uh, Ulysses didn't have no tongue? That he couldn't really speak? Are you speaking above board or in character? Yeah, above board. He did not speak, no, and that's what you had gathered, yes. Okay. Sorry, sorry just need to be clear when you're doing that. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So, oh, it's not like we actually spoke to him. He didn't actually speak anything. He was very quiet, kind of menacing. Well, that's Ulysses, all right. Stalls a bit of a. Remember, he used to say to me, he said, "I'd go off in some. I had some wild ideas, and he'd talk me down. He'd say." Vernon, he'd go like this, he'd go, hear the thunder, like that. He would talk just like that, warning me that if you see, if you hear thunder, there's lightning and a storm ahead. 
He wasn't <laughs> willing to take chances. That's for sure. He wasn't a man of many words, but he was chatty when he wanted to be. When he had something to teach you. Well, then he had nothing. What the hell he be doing with the green John? Well, apparently he didn't want to teach us anything. Because I don't know, were we even introduced to him? Or do we just kind of see him across the way? I'm having a hard time remembering. I think it was kind of just seeing him across the way. I think he was interested in old Calvin's rifle he picked up. You remember the one? Yeah, the one I left back in Stonehold because I can't actually use it. <laughs> we we think it was Balbanese's, but uh, yeah, like you said, it's not with us. Hmm. There ain't many people in this world who recognize Balbanese's rival, save for perhaps Ulysses. Well, well it, was, it was engraved with his initials. Well, I don't well mean BD2, nothing. so, everything, you know. Everything we everything we make, we put his mark on. <laughs> well, then, hmm. it's probably not his. We, we, left it, we left his armor back at uh, Sundown Hill. Where'd you find the rifle? Rifle was on a... It's on a... The Dick of Winter. Up by that old, uh, you know, the, the monument out there. You know, that's the, that's the, what uh, Otrig, or no, uh, sorry, Osbert called it. That's what, I mean, that's the first thing that came to mind. When <gasps> Dick. You hear Dane kind of inhale, he inhales. He says, Vernon, that was Hacky. He's the one that I was telling you about. Yeah, I remember him. You said you found him? Yeah, he he was gone by the time we got to him. We've been trying to find Hacky for a while, and he had a ri that rifle right there you're talking about. Hmm. Well, um, we've got to find yourself in Stonehold. You're welcome to it. It ain't a matter of that. I think it's just proving the point once again that Fendel's out to his own fucking tricks. Hacky went south. Thinking he was gonna, he was gonna take the Green John's head off his shoulders, strike him from a mile out. He said with that rifle, swore up and down that he was an exact revenge. Um, we we hate to inform you that Hacky is, he's passed. I reckon that's true if you got his rifle. Um, we found his body. Uh, near that monument, um, and we found it from a trail of blood. That yes, that's yes that that's what uh, Osbert <laughs> likes first, likes to refer to. First thing that came to mind. Yes, of course, the Dick of Winter. Yes, it's a lovely name for such a monument. Well, I don't rather like any of this. So you understand kind of the predicament I'm in now. We got Credence, who's late. Otrig, gone off God knows where only Credence would know. That cagey old son of a bitch. And then Ulysses with Fingal. Dottenthorn's killer himself. You want help? 
Let's figure all this out together. All right. I think first we track down our cousin. He'll lead us to Otrig. You just get to jump right in the water. Well, I didn't walk all the way over here just to give up on my cousin. If he's been gone for longer than was expected, he may be in trouble. I know which direction he went, Dane says. Well, I suppose come morning we will head out that way. And we could uh, try and find him again. I mean, all it takes is two sticks, right? Well, they need to be witchwood sticks. They wouldn't happen to have any laying around. Well, which one? (laughs) He laughs. You're talking to me like like I'm some sort of forester. Winter to bloom don't grow up here, to answer your question. I figured they didn't. Oh, so you need... Somewhere south now, the Rukenval... That's a different story, but not mm. up here near the mountains. Yeah, I think it would take me too long to fly down there, grab some, come back. So, uh, I think we'll just have to track them the old fashioned way. Oh, yes. Well, how long has he been gone? Long enough to be concerned, he says. Um, well, with the recent rains and everything. Wait, he headed out with how many? He and Otrig left and they split ways. Okay. Just an hour outside of here. And what time of day or night was that? Morning. We'll be back by sun by sundown. It's been two was days. It, was it early morning? It's been two days. Well, we happened to have two people come across our camp. And I'm wondering if that was them. Oh, yeah. They were riding elk. It was late at night. We didn't get a good look at them, but... Mm -hmm. Oh, Chauncey won't ride no elk. He's got an old nag, an old storm horse he's had for years. Well, no, that's... Travels on foot. But did uh, Otrig and Credence leave with Elk? No, that's what I'm saying. Okay, then. Johnson had an old stubborn nag, a storm horse he's had forever that Credence held on to. Okay. Ah, yeah. So Credence was riding Chauncey's horse. That's the ride of it. A storm horse. (laughs) Come on. You don't remember your your cousin Chauncey's horse's name? Come on, this. No, I'm not. About it. I'm I'm not. Yes, of course I've heard all about Thunder. All about it a bit too much, but what what I'm surprised the most about is that Thunder would allow Chauncey to ride. Credence to ride him. You know the yes, whole story Creedence about Credence and the horses. That's why Ulysses used to pull his leg and say, listen to the thunder, so he wouldn't get ran over by another horse. <laughs> Come on, I just set this up. Uh, I mean, the, the most that we remember about our cousin 
Creed or Chauncey was that uh, you know four was okay, but five was pushing it. Well, apparently mm-hmm. cleverness don't run on the red and blood. That's for sure. <laughs> he slaps his knee. No, but I tell you, true. He took he took Chauncey's horse. He used to be a spirited old animal, old nag now. Creens took that horse chasing after Chauncey, and Otrig went his own way. But they didn't go by Elkback. Otrig won't ride him. We owe all that. We owe all the elk charming to uh, to uh, Dane's wife. So when if there were two people riding elk. They should be your people, correct? Nope. Are there other that ride elk? Well, no. You can't find the the enigma unless you're either your people or you you have the magic. You can't find Sentinel Pines unless you got magic because you, of the enigma. But you can find the enigma. Sure, if you wander into it, I suppose, or if you got magic. Well, there were two people that were right near the Enigma. Just well, to south. That's not the direction they went. Okay. I understand. I'm informing you of this. If it's none of your concern, then I'll stop. But I just figured I'd let you know there was two people oh, on elk. It's just strangers in the wood. Nothing more. Okay. Well, then I will let it go. Hmm. All right. So, which direction uh, did he travel? He went this way out of the camp. Maybe we can talk more about this tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, it's getting late. Let's always get a good night of sleep before. Uh, but see looking. what happened. You could have been feathered with arrows or shot in the head with a rifle, but here we are. Breaking bread and sharing meat together. Good thing we're so clever. Yes. Maybe so. <laughs> I will tell. So <laughs> I think uh, we'll go ahead and probably bring the session to a close tonight so we can have uh, Kay join us next week. This yeah. closes up a little bit early tonight. So um, everybody gets 50 reward points. We play for a couple hours. <laughs> um Hey, cut it short, but I think it's a good point to stop. Sure. Um, just so we can involve Kay, since she won't be able to be here tonight. So, um, no conflict tonight at all. Mm-mm. Oh, so let's, uh, choose. So, yeah, so everybody can, you can advance uh, one on your belief or one on your flaw. It's up to you. You choose. Choose. I get a determination point back. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Remember, only erase one of your tracks. Right. So... Nice. Now I'm the only one with zero determination. <laughs> but you've got magic, Calvin. <laughs> you got to be a good little boy and you'll get it back. That's right. Well, maybe. Well, we'll I, see. Maybe, You're maybe one step closer. Can, uh, get my next flaw rank and fill out my deviant. Your deviant. I have my deviant track to fill. Yes. Um, I get my affliction or disorder. Yeah. Let's see what happens. It's exciting. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get both, you think, soon? Well the other one the other track's is still at nine. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Both tracks were at nine tonight. Yeah. At the beginning of the night. Oh, man. Afflections. Afflections. Disorders or afflictions. Up to you. You can choose whichever you want. But uh, we'll, figure, we'll find one that works best for the game. But um, let's, uh, let's go around the table. Let's talk about... I mean, we didn't play for a long time tonight, but I think we kind of got to... One thing I think we got to be able to do is, like, we get to kind of dig out some old story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just fine. So let's let's start maybe with um, with Collinsworth. Uh, Collinsworth is kind of taking it in. He's uh, he's feeling a little bit more argumentative than usual. I think someone just telling his bear what to do is really what did it. <laughs> um, and you know, like not even any sort of training techniques or anything like that. Just uh. A simple gesture, and uh, Hobbs was uh, set down. So, yeah, that that pretty much has put him kind of on the defensive the whole time. Uh, yeah, she obviously used a spell. Like, that was very clear, but not yeah. necessarily to Collinsworth. So, yeah, you use a spell, the spell works. Yeah. Okay. So, 50 reward points. Uh, let's move on to Calvin. Uh yeah. So Calvin, yeah. Let's see here. I mean, he figured that if Credence were alive, that he would be with decent folk. Like, he doesn't really see Credence, like, falling in with, like, ill folk. So he's like, it's kind of why he was just like, sure, I'll turn myself in. I'll come out with hands raised up. You know, I'll say that I'm the kin of Credence Redding because, I mean, either he's wrong in his belief in his cousin or he's right it turns out that he was right so that's mm-hmm. good um but uh, yeah and he also learned not to lean too heavily on magic to solve all your problems so it's probably a good thing that yeah, those that things broke fail is kind of un, that kind of just happened yeah i mean you roll enough dice it's gonna happen eventually you know yeah <laughs> but uh i mean it got him here and that and that was the purpose of learning the spell so it's yeah yeah success uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to try to track him down the old-fashioned way. Cool. Fifty reward points. Move uh, last to Osbert. So Osbert kind of saw how Collinsworth and Calvin were kind of uh, kind of he kind of let them take center stage in this these interactions because they you know have the upper hand in their knowledge about. Credence and the rest of the crew, um, they, they have they cl- closer ties to that that bunch. So um, obviously, you know, Osbert is is perfectly willing to stand in the way of danger to protect his friends. You know, he, he feels this uh, sense of duty and stuff to keep them safe. Um, maybe maybe it's just his like his growing sense of leadership or something such as that. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, he knows sometimes it's it's best to you know let her, uh, other people have their 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 say. Um, most of the time, he's the one that, that jumps in and makes the decisions, but uh, not tonight, not this day. So I'll ask as a group, like, what direction are you leaning toward on all this? Like, obviously, some more story has kind of spilled out at least at this point. I mean, Calvin's very much like I'm here for my cousin. Like, I know these guys are here for other things, but I'm really just, like, here for him. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm leaving kind of any anything else up to, 
think Vospert wants to create an alliance or whatever, that's that's up to him. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be here, try to be honest, true to my word, and then you know, hopefully that helps and but uh I got my focus. I think Osbert wants to help Vernon uh, find his companions and eventually convince him to join his cause to retake Stonehole and eventually throw out the Green John for his own um, benefit, honestly. So, you know, if, if he can if he can get this, this group of 50 to join his, uh, you know, the, everyone there at Stonehold, it's just going to be that much more of a threat to uh, the Green John and eventually, you know, you know, whatever he can do to carve out his piece in the north, he's gonna he's gonna by hook or by crook, he's gonna make it happen. So, it's it, it, Abigail is definitely not going to the druids. That's not in the that's not in the cards. Yeah, uh, Collinsworth is you know kind of in between both of them. Uh, he definitely wants to help his um, cousin. But he's also interested in making sure that uh, if we need any help, we could possibly have some. Um, you know, because we decided to pretty much make the druids mad at us. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, <laughs> so yeah. we're gonna need. We're gonna we need. Decided. I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be fair. Um, you you kind of learned you learned what the stakes were, and you all made a choice. Mm -hmm. So you knew what the stakes were. This mm -hmm. is not a oh this happened to us accidentally. Um, <laughs> like Abigail explained, and you chose to go that direction, which I think which I think is interesting. It's not a bad choice by any means. It's just you get to deal with those repercussions, um, yeah. and that's kind of why. I mean, if you remember, that's kind of why you came here was mm -hmm. to you know initially was like well. We can find credence if he's still alive, and we can make an alliance with the nameless, who clearly are the people who fled Stonehold originally. Mm -hmm. right, if it isn't, a, if it isn't obvious, yeah. Let me be perfectly clear: like they left because of the war. Mm -hmm. Remember, the White Wolf stormed through the north. I mean, their numbers were so great. There was no getting back south. Like you, the only the only passage back to Aglador is through Stonehold. There's no other way to get south without skirting all of Dunbrood for months of travel to go to the coast to the west, because the mountains are impenetrable. The only path to Aglador is through Stonehold, and the White Wolf held that. So they receded into. They receded into the Sentinel Pines and used their magic, Otrig, and concealed themselves for, you know, a decade plus. Mm -hmm. And have kind of turned themselves into a myth, right? Into a fable, so to speak, about the nameless. Like, the, they made up this whole mythology around it, along with, and clearly Dane the Skull was the person who helped spread it. So, that's how they kept themselves protected. For, for everyone listening, the if it, if it isn't apparent, this uh, all these people, you know, uh, Credence and Vernon and Ulysses and Chauncey. This this is all all uh, you know a, a, a previous game we, we played, you know, ten plus years ago, 
and we're returning. So it's, you know, above board, you know, you try to play the character that you're dealt with at the time that you're playing it, but at the same time, we want these people to succeed. Like, it, either way, it's it, it like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're somewhat invested. We, we can't help but, like, want to steer the story in a certain way. We, we want our, We want our characters to, our previous characters to have a happy ending. The best that can be had in home, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is literally like a game that took place like eight, nine really years ago at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Um, and we'd always dis- we always talk about, well, how are we having back in Stonehold? We want to return there. Yeah. And this game was kind of the start of that. It wasn't intended to do that, but mm-hmm. um, really, I mean, what other direction could it possibly go? Vernon was uh, my first character at Dan's table, so... Uh... Hand of a uh, you know hand of applause for Dan role playing me. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's always fun to see someone else role play yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Ulysses was mine, but uh, he ain't talking much. <laughs> yeah. And then Mike's was Albanese. He's dead, so you don't have to role play him. Rest yeah. in pepperonis. Well, wasn't he? Didn't you have a second character? Wasn't he uh, a Stannis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a half Seabrin berserker. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. That's right. Gosh, so much. Ha- it's weird. I was reading through some old stuff on the wiki today about what all happened leading up to like Fengal. Fengal Green John or Fengal McTiernan as he was called, who was called the Green John because he was like a he was like a traitor. Uh, he's he, a greengrocer, wasn't he? He's, yeah. a, he's a greengrocer, yeah. <laughs> and then he became like a war profiteer and was like a he was a cowardly torqued lord and he's the one who killed Balinese. Like that happened in the game. So it's um It's fun to get it's, it's weird to revisit all that. It's That's fun sure. to get the opportunity to get revenge all these years later. <laughs> Well, you all said you didn't like the Green John when you first met him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's on the kind of a bump set opportunity here, right? I mean, he drove out the Grahlstetter, so I'll always hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Vernon was a Grahlstetter. <laughs> Old Grahlstead was occupied by the Torqued Lords and the White Wolf, and they drove the Grahlstetters out or set them to slaughter. Mm-hmm. A few of them turned turned face. I can't remember the. I can't remember Vernon's, like... Political enemy among Grahlstedt's name escapes me. Yeah, but he was one of them. He was the one who sold out the Grahlstedters, if you remember. Oh, that's son of a bitch. Yeah, it's been a long <laughs> yeah, time. But I started rereading all those old stories, and I was like, oh, because we used to, for our listeners, we all of our old stories are cataloged on a wiki, mm-hmm. which we've been tracking our game for on. I mean, literally at this point, a decade plus, um, and all these old stories are there for us to go back and reference, and they're hyperlinked too to characters and places that they visited so treasure trove of old lore yeah the intention i think originally for this game was like no planning um and then we went on break and i was like fuck it's getting to the point where i need to plan um so i started looking at old story stuff like okay i think i can take you this direction let's see what decisions they make and it worked out well so we had those opportunities um so uh so 50 reward points obviously to everybody uh, we will continue for session 23. Oh my god, 23 sessions in. That's like half a year's worth of gaming um, coming up soon. So 
Um, we will see everybody. Three sessions. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Three sessions. Three sessions? Yeah, 52 weeks in a year, so 26 sessions would be yeah, yeah. half a year. Uh-huh. That's right. It's a long game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're now in intermediate tier. Yes. Halfway through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, fun stuff. Cool. Well, we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.